Anyways, I'm also preaching this morning, so I thought that in between preaching and announcements, I thought it'd be a wonderful thing to have a little time of connection together. Um, I would love if you just chatted among yourselves. Um, and something that I would love for you to discuss is something that's been bringing you joy recently or something that you're really hopeful for during this season. I'll give you like five minutes. Go.
All right, friends. I'm sorry to interrupt your conversations. I'll give it a second. <laughs> this part always makes me feel like a preschool teacher again. <laughs> All right. Hi, everybody. I'm going to sit because I forgot my stand and I can't, like, I, I talk with my hands, so I can't hold my iPad and, you know, that whole ordeal. So, also, Luis taught me how to hold a mic properly. I did not know that you're supposed to hold it like this. So, that was good to know. <laughs> Probably like this. <laughs> Talking with my hands, <laughs> per usual. Oh, I don't need it. It's okay. Thank you, though. <laughs> He's such a good one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> as, long as, it, as long as you guys can still see me, right? Okay, I'm, I'm kind of short. Anyways, so as all of you know, we have been making our way through the genealogy of Jesus for the past several months, and we just recently began the story of Jesus' birth. So we made it through chapter one. Go us. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> it took us a long time, but it was really fun. It was really fun to hear all of the side stories and to really get an understanding of where Jesus came from. So the past couple of weeks, Dan has been sharing with us about One Good Home and also about the seemingly contrasting characteristics of Jesus. So Jesus as lion and the lamb. Jesus as both king and refugee. Jesus as both strong and gentle, as just and merciful, as differentiated and connected, and as one and many. Things that seemingly are opposing to one another, but in Jesus, both of these things are expressed at the same time. Which, what an, what an amazing thing to be able to hold those things in tension, to be gentle but strong, to be just and merciful, and to be differentiated and connected. And Jesus is always surprising us with his ability to be both and. Because <laughs> sometimes it feels really hard for us to be both of those things at the same time. He is our example of compassion and how to live an integrated life in the world with the guidance of the Father and the Holy Spirit. And as we see these different sides of Jesus' character, he's revealed to be the light in the darkness. It's really beautiful to me to see how all throughout the, New or the Old Testament, there are prophecies that look forward to the life of Jesus and who he and God is to the world. The book of Matthew is full of fulfilled prophecies in Jesus' birth. And I love how the prophecies connect Jesus to the characteristics of him that we've been talking about. And it also gives us more information about the God who's with us. So this week, as we continue in our Matthew study, it's based off the chapter 2, 1 through 12, which we've been talking about for a couple weeks now, and Dan shared it with the kids, so I'm just going to kind of summarize the, the verses. Um, these verses are sharing about the Magi coming to visit Jesus by following the star. Sent, they were sent out by Herod to bring information back about baby Jesus, 
which all of us know that Herod did not have good intentions with that. And the Magi saw the star in the sky, knowing that its light pointed to baby Jesus, the Messiah, and followed it. Then they worshiped the baby and gave him gifts of frankincense and myrrh, which this is prophesied in the book of Isaiah, which we will look at in a little bit. Um, so the verse in Isaiah, the chapter that we're going to be looking at, is a cross-reference to the scripture we've been reading. Again, it prophesizes about Jesus' birth story, including the prophecy of the Magi coming to visit him, bringing him those gifts. The book of Isaiah in general prophesies a lot that Jesus will be Emmanuel, God with us, which we've been talking a lot about Emmanuel, with it being the Christmas season. Um, and then the second half of the book of Isaiah begins with an announcement of hope that exile is over and that the kingdom of God is coming, which is where our passage today is coming from. And then as we're looking at Matthew, the first three chapters focus on the genealogy of Jesus and also connecting Jesus' story with the Old Testament, which when we're reading the Old Testament, it's really necessary to read it through the lens of Jesus' character um, because if Jesus and God are one, then we see the character of God through the life of Jesus. So I love to think about the characteristics of Jesus that Dan has been talking about the last couple weeks and how Jesus brings light to the world through those characteristics, through justice and mercy, through gentleness and strength, through understanding of the human experience by being a refugee in the world and proving to us that he is with us. I love to know that these characteristics can also grow in us and we get to become light to the world when we grow these things in our lives. But I also want to talk about how the light is also very personally for us to experience and not just to give away. Um, speaking of light, I was when I was doing my sermon, I was thinking about the candles that we lit during Advent, candles that are to ignite hope, joy, peace, and love in a season that becomes darker and colder by the day, just like it's snowing today. This week has been incredibly gray, except for that one day when it was 60 degrees, <laughs> which was great. I took a walk. It was sunny. It was so nice. Um, but then it went right back to gray. And I don't know about you guys, but I have a really hard time when it's gray outside and I don't see sunshine. I mean, most of us are probably vitamin D deficient. <laughs> Thank you, Ohio. <laughs> but I know I have a really hard time. And so talking about light during the season can be really difficult, um, but also very needed. All of us need that light and that feeling of warmth from the character of Jesus. Um, and I also think about the hope that was ignited in Mary when she found out that her baby would be the Messiah. I'm sure she was very scared too, but she was very hopeful for the future. And I also think about even in the darkness of the womb, of Mary's womb, she carried a seed of light. And I've been thinking a lot about seeds during the new year, how for our family, a lot of you know a lot of our story, but we have been, it feels like we've been planting seeds of hope and sorrow for a long time now. And I'm sure that's very relevant for you guys too, <laughs> just with the difficulty of the past couple years with the pandemic and just everything going on in the world, <laughs> just literally everything. Um, there's constant news of sorrow, whether it's in our own personal life or in the world. Um, 
And so I'm sure you guys have also been planting seeds of hope and sorrow throughout the years. Um, so this year, something that I'm really hopeful for is seeing the fruition of those seeds and to see joy for the tears that have been shed. Um, and the truth about seeds is that they are buried in the darkness. A lot of people, I'm not a gardener. I wish that I was, but a lot of people who garden oftentimes plant their seeds in the fall or sometimes even in the winter. So it's like dark outside. Like those are definitely not the, that's not the environment or the right climate to grow in, but they're planted in the darkness and then they need light to grow into what they're meant to be. So I'm really hopeful for that this year. I hope that you guys are hopeful for that. Um, so I want to spend some time today meditating on a passage of scripture in Isaiah. That's a part of the prophecy of what we're learning about in Matthew. It focuses on Jesus being the light in the darkness. So I'm going to take some time to read scripture and to give us time to reflect during that and to just soak in the word as well. Um, as a side note, growing up in church, I feel like for a long time, I believed that the gifts that I received from God were only to be given away to others for the purpose of sharing them or to advance the kingdom. And I feel like I had this paradigm in my mind that it was selfish to keep those gifts for my own joy and delight. I don't know. Does that feel relevant to you guys? I don't know if you grew up in church, if that feels like, like you're only given something to then give away. Um, but today, I would like for you to fully embrace the gift of light in the darkness from God fully for yourself and for what that means in your life or reflect what that has meant in your life or maybe how you would like it or need to feel God's light in your life in the season that you're in. So without the pressure of feeling or without the pressure of being the light of Jesus for others, I want you to imagine God's light for yourself. And as we read and listen to the scripture, I would love for you to think about the seeds that have been planted in your life as a result of what you faced, which can both be challenges and joys and beautiful things, and to ask God for light to help these seeds grow in your life. So I'm going to read the passage twice, or maybe three times, depends on how much time we have. But I have the message in both like the NIV version which is the first one I'll read. And then I also have it in the message version. I know some people talk crap about the message version, but sometimes it is very beautiful and I find it really helpful. And words are really important to me. So when they're expressed very like beautifully and artistically that, I don't know, it just makes me feel really connected to God. So the first time I read it, um, I would love for you to listen to the words and to notice if anything in particular sticks out to you. So this is Isaiah 60. And if you want to close your eyes or open your hands or however you feel comfortable like receiving from God, just take that stance. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the people's. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together, they come to you. Your sons shall come from afar, and your daughters shall be carried on the hip. Then you shall see and be radiant. 
your heart shall thrill and exult because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you, and the young camels of Midian and Ephah, and those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense, and shall bring good news, the praises of the Lord. All the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered to you. The rams of Nebaioth shall minister to you. They shall come up with acceptance on my altar, and I will beautify my beautiful house. Who are these that fly like a cloud and like doves to their windows? For the coastlands shall hope for me, the ships of Tarshish first, to bring your children from afar, their silver and gold with them, for the name of the Lord your God and for the Holy One of Israel, because he has made you beautiful. Foreigners shall build up your walls and their kings shall minister to you. For in my wrath I struck you, but in my favor I have had mercy on you. Your gates shall be open continually day and night. They shall not be shut that people may bring to you the wealth of the nations with their kings led in procession. For the nation and kingdom that will not serve you shall perish. Those nations shall be utterly laid to waste. The glory of Lebanon shall come to you, the cypress, the plain, and the pine, to beautify the place of my sanctuary, and I will make the place of my feet glorious. The sons of those who afflicted you shall come bending low to you, and all who despised you shall bow down at your feet. They shall call you the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Whereas you have been forsaken and hated, with no one passing through, I will make you majestic forever, a joy from age to age. The sun shall be no more, for, no more your light by day, nor for brightness shall the moon give you light. But the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. Your sun shall no more go down, nor your moon withdraw itself. For the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your days of mourning shall be ended. Your people shall all be righteous. They shall possess the land forever. The branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. The least one shall become a clan, and the smallest one a mighty nation. I am the Lord, and it's time I will hasten it. So the second time that I read through it, I'm going to read the message version this time. I would like you to think about where you need the light of God in your life for yourself. Not for others, for yourself. Think about where you need God's light to be a breakthrough in your life. It says, get out of bed, Jerusalem. Wake up. Put your face in the sunlight. God's bright glory has risen for you. The whole earth is wrapped in darkness. All people sunk deep in darkness. But God rises on you. His sunrise glory breaks over you. 
Nations will come to your light, kings to your sunburst brightness. Look up, look around. Watch as they gather, watch as they approach you. Your sons coming from great distances, your daughters carried by their nannies. When you see them coming, you'll smile, big smiles. Your heart will swell and yes, burst. All those people returning by sea for the reunion, a rich harvest of exiles gathered in from the nations. And then streams of camel caravans as far as the eye can see, young camels of nomads and Midian and Epath, pouring in from the south from Sheba, loaded with gold and frankincense, preaching the praises of God. And yes, a great roundup of flocks from the nomads in Kedar and Nebaioth welcome gifts for worship at my altar as I bathe my glorious temple in splendor. What's that that we see in the distance? What's that we see in the distance, a cloud on the horizon like doves darkening the sky? It's ships from the distant lands, the famous Tarshish ships returning your children from faraway places loaded with riches, with silver and gold, and backed by the name of your God, the Holy of Israel showering you with splendor. I'll install peace to run your country, make righteousness your boss. There will be no more stories of crime in your land, no more robberies, no more vandalism. You'll name your main street Salvation Way and install Praise Park at the center of town. You'll have no more need of the sun by day, nor brightness of the moon at night. God will be your eternal light. Your God will bathe you in splendor. Your sun will never go down. Your moon will never fade. I will be your eternal light. Your days of grieving are over. All your people will live right and well in permanent possession of the land. They're the green shoot that I planted, planted with my own hands to display my glory. The runt will become a great tribe, the weakling become a strong nation. I am God at the right time, I will make it happen. I thought that we could take a couple minutes and if anybody felt anything in particular, either for themselves or for somebody else during the scripture reading or anything, and you would like to share, I would love it. So I'll just, I'll just wait a second. It might be awkward, but that's okay. I know for me, the hope that days of grieving will be over is such an encouragement <laughs> because it, it, life feels heavy. Life feels heavy a lot of the time. So if that's you who feels the heaviness of 
grief or the heaviness that grief will be forever. During worship, we will have a prayer team on the sides. Anybody would love to pray for you. I know I've been in a place where it feels like it'll never end. It's not fun. But I found that I wasn't alone and that I was loved. And so if you're going through that, you are loved and you're not alone. Um, yeah, I would love to pray. And then I have like a benediction for you to go out into your life and your week. And we'll also do communion. So I would just love to pray. If you would pray with me. Holy Spirit, I invite your presence to be with us, and I thank you that you are. God, I pray over this family. I thank you for what it is and what it's becoming. God, I thank you that when we are going through times of grief or confusion or struggle, that you see us, that you are the light that dawns in our life and into our darkness. God, I thank you for your word that's an encouragement to us, your word that is the life of Jesus, that is a light to us. And God, I thank you for your gift. I thank you for your gift of light and blessings in our life that are for us. God, I pray for each of my friends that they feel embraced, that they feel held, and that the seeds that you're planting in each of their lives, that you are just the light that grows those seeds, the things that have been planted in darkness or the things that have been planted in secret, the dreams, the heartbreaks, those things that you see so intimately, God. I pray that you continue to show us your light and that you continue to hold us. In your name, amen. So as a benediction, this is from one of my favorite artists. His name is Scott Erickson, or Scott the Painter. He's the one who wrote the Advent uh, book that I talked about during Advent. But this benediction says, may we never lose sight of the light that shines brightest when we gather to care and love for each other, or love each other. Amen. So we're going to do communion. Um, I think Finn wants to help me with communion. Would you like to help me, Finn? Come on up. Um, so yeah, we're going to do communion. We have two options. You can take one of the individual ones, but we're also going to have people at the front holding a plate and with gluten-free crackers, so everyone is welcome, and grape juice, so everyone is welcome as well. Um, hi, Finn. You going to help me? Awesome. Finn told me that he wanted to help with communion because, because why? He told me because Jesus loves him. So he's a great helper. So yeah, we're going to do communion. Um, Kelly, would you like to do communion? 
Okay, she's doing the songs. <laughs> so on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it for us. He broke it for us. <laughs> Can I have it? Thank you. He broke it for us to show us that he was the light coming into the darkness, that he was the healing to us in our darkness. I dropped my cracker. And he also shed his blood for us. He took the cup and he shared it with us. He shared his broken body with us so that we could see the light and that we could be healed. So come take communion if you would like, if that would bless you. And you are loved. <laughs> 